Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hey, guys, some cool announcement for right now with what's going on. Wherever you live in the entire world, now you can take our classes. We have been going live. We have over eight classes a day. Now you can take them, too. For just $29.99, go to denanywhere.com and sign up, and you get unlimited access. It's a pretty incredible deal. And once you actually sign up, all your classes are there waiting for you. You don't even have to sign up at all. It is completely hassle-free. So please join us. Again, wherever you are in the world, they are there waiting for you, and we are here for you as well. So I wanted to introduce the Dentox podcast, COVID-19 Perspective Series. The first episode was actually the one we put out a couple weeks ago, where we really helped you cultivate your space in this time of quarantine. But from that point on, we want every episode that we are doing right now to be something purposeful, something that can really help help you through this time, through this dark time for a lot of us, and not only help you, but also open you up to different ideas and different perspectives. So we are interviewing different people and bringing kind of their thoughts of what are going on and also ways that can help you get through it. Um, I feel like the more we're open right now, the more we can change. And the more we change, the more we're part of the bigger change that needs to happen. But we are still honoring the fact that this is scary and this is hard. And there's a lot of tips in all of these episodes and all of these interviews to help us all get through it together. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Tal, and I am your host and the founder of Den Meditation. Today, we are talking to Sean Jurish Bardwaj, who I love, one of our original teachers of Den Meditation. He's also a teacher of our teacher training program. And we have an amazing episode with him, so please go back to one of our original episodes to check that out. But today, we are focusing on COVID-19, because that's what this whole series is about. And we really attack it from a spiritual perspective and kind of what Mother Earth and Mother Nature is needing from us right now, what it is calling for. Why is this kind of upheaval happening, this period of darkness happening? And have there been signs leading up to it that we have missed? Um, And we really do talk about how we can all dig deeper and start reframing our own structure that we are used to. How can we change our paradigm, our belief systems? Now, don't worry, we do not ignore the fact that this is a scary time and for many attacking you know, their beliefs of survival. And so how can you process that fear? How can you honor it? How can you deal with it? So you too can have the chance to kind of shift your belief systems. Um, We know that it's scary. We know it's hard. And so we do address that a lot as well. I really hope you love this episode. I do. I always love talking to him. It's super calming, super enlightening. I think you're going to learn 
a lot. Um, and let us know on our Facebook page. Also, he has a workshop coming up April 25th, which is about kind of embracing the calmness and how to get into calmness actually during this period of unrest. And this workshop is going to be incredible. So if you like what you hear, make sure you sign up for that as well. All right. Let us know. I hope you enjoy. I miss you. Wife's good. Everything's good. Everyone is great. Everyone is great. We were scheduled to be in New York actually two weeks ago uh, and canceled the ticket last minute because, you know, there was a lot going on. It was a tough decision whether we should go or stay. Both were tough. Going was tough because parents are there. So I didn't want to, you know, like put them at risk. And uh, I knew if I'm here, I'll be thinking about them. But they both are safe, fully quarantined. I speak to them multiple times every day. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. But yeah, everyone is safe. All's well. Uh, yeah. It's been, is your dad really busy right now? He's, he's very busy. Yeah, he's busy. People are, uh, some people are actually going out and they're calling him. I'm going to be out for six hours. Just make sure I'm surrounded by your healing and protection. And he's telling, don't go out. My, you know, my healing and protection will not stop you from like, you know, 100,000 people you are going to be around with. So don't travel, don't. And he always mixed science with spirituality, which is, you know, like, always refreshing from Indian I mean, guru. Yeah. It's, it's not like the people who are doing all those religious ceremonies that are like, I'm covered with Jesus's blood. Nothing can happen. I know, right. And all I want to yeah. be like, um, Jesus is in on this too. He's fully aware of what's going on. So exactly. if he thinks you might need some of this, he's going to give it to you. Exactly. You know, I remember when I told him, I'll just hop on a flight. And do you think like, you know, goddess Kali, her energy is going to be enough, right? To protect me. And he said, if goddess Kali is already giving you so much information through news and through the, you know, stuff, then she'll be angry with you that you didn't listen to the news. You didn't listen to the science and you decided to just be stupid. And he said, don't go against that. And that's very refreshing always for me, you know, to hear that from him. He does not reject science. He does not blindly go into religion or spirituality. He's, you know, I think that's why, I created questioning the norms because uh, that's what I learned from him. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I mean, for anyone, I know we just kind of jumped into it, so I don't know exactly where it'll pick up. <laughs> Let, yeah. but, but I like it and we should stay with it because I think it's such an interesting idea of, you know, within spirituality, that doesn't mean you let go of practicality. Absolutely. And, and I love that, you know, your dad, whether people know or not, is, you know, is an amazing I'm sure he'd hate the word healer or, you know, leader. Of course he would hate that, but it's, you know, in your family lineage, multi-generational. And um, I love that he always comes at it with such like, you know, he's fellow Aries. And so he comes know, right? with like such a practical idea. And what we were saying is he would basically be like, no, listen to the news. Don't go out. Like you can ask me to pray for you all I want, but like, that's not necessarily going to stop you from getting the virus. Exactly. You know, he's been recommending meditations and mantras to people which can cultivate your courage and bring calmness. And at the same time, he's saying, listen to science, educate yourself. And uh, we are going to make the best use of science and spirituality. Uh, and that's how he has always like trained me to understand the science and understand spirituality. And then uh, don't trust, you know, just don't read and start implementing it, but really put that into experience and see what comes out of it. And that's refreshing, I think. Well, yeah, because I also feel like it, 
again, it's the way that we as humans have to walk on this earth, you know? I mean, right. it's like we're here for obviously a spiritual experience and to learn and to grow, but part mm. of this experience is science. Part of this experience are the things that are happening to us. Part mm. of this experience are those ups and downs and the chaos. So to pretend you can only choose one or the other feels like you're then not fully walking into the human experience the way we're supposed to. Absolutely. And you know, when I used to do the weekly talks at the den, this was one of the messages I used to bring at least once a month that don't go into good vibes only mantra, because that's not going to help you grow. You got to embrace all vibes. Because if you are open to all vibes, only then you can really understand what your existence is all about. And people are, you know, obsessed with the light, you know, the only good vibes, the only positive. And those are the people right now who are feeling maximum panic, anxiety, because I would be the same too. If I'm, if my definition of life was all about chasing the positive, chasing the good, then this would be the time and I'll be having sleepless nights because it's not clearly shaping out to be all positive life out there. And, you know, in Tantra, in the Eastern traditions, pretty much every deity, every energy is a blend of darkness and light, blend of the high and the low, you know, blend of all colors, all shades, because that's what you and I are too, right? We are, we all are blend of every emotion. And uh, this is one thing I've noticed in you. You have never judged the the non-spiritual emotions in people, you know, or, or what we call the the non-spiritual side, you have never judged that. And I think that's why uh, you were kind of chosen one to do the work that you're doing, uh, because that non-judgment, a non-judgmental perspective is so needed. It's so required. I want to tell you something. Yeah, please go ahead. No, go, please. I, please you're talking about me, you must continue. No, I'm just <laughs> You know, this is a few years ago. I was, I didn't have a good day. Like, I, I don't want to say I had a bad day. It was a very emotional day for me. And uh, I thought I had put on a mask of happiness. And I was, I parked my car and I was walking to the den for the evening Tuesday class. You were standing in the lobby and I was, you know, walking toward den and you saw me from the glass and you said, oh no, oh no. And you, you ran to the door and uh, you hugged me. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, Chandrish, now you're making me cry. <laughs> you got you got to edit this part. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope Nicole is listening and she can edit this out. But you hugged me mm-hmm. and uh and you asked me, uh you didn't ask me what happened. You said, Are you okay? Uh, do you need to sit? And I was completely fine. I was looking absolutely okay, at least to me in the mirror, right? And when I uh, and I said, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And my class was about to start in five minutes and I, I sneaked into the class, but I have never forgotten that moment. Uh, it, it shows up very often and that's who you are. And I feel uh, when you decided to teach Kundalini and just, you know, find that healer in you, I was like, okay, I'm so happy. Tal <laughs> is finding her Tal. You know, Tal means melody in Hindi. So it's finally Tal is, you know, embracing her own Tal, her own melody, her own rhythm. So that's, 
<laughs> that's the beginning note. I'm sorry to put you in. No, here. I love that. You're so, that's so sweet. I mean, look, you've always meant so much to me. So of course, if I ever can feel anything going through you, I want to be there for you because you're there I was for surprised. everybody else. I, mean, I was surprised how you saw that through the mirror, like that glass, you know, at the end, the big glass uh, yeah. that's there. And I was completely okay. You know, like I looked okay. I was smiling, but I know you saw it. You felt it. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. <laughs> I, you know, but it I was- still, I tell it, I tell everyone, I, I use those malas beads that you brought me back so many years ago during my open, whenever I do my practice in the morning. Right. Yeah. Those are good days. <laughs> but I mean, on that note, when you were talking about like a lack of judgment of, you know, spirituality, quote unquote, I do think it's so important right now because like, you know, we're talking about the coronavirus. It's the great equalizer. I think it reminds us that there's yeah. no one that is more spiritual or less spiritual. So therefore some escape it or some don't. I feel like, again, depending on what your specific beliefs are, you may have chosen that to be your experience of what you need to go through. I think where spirituality, and I say it in quotes, Mm -hmm. or practice helps is like you said, if you're doing real true practice, like you're embracing the dark and the light, I think it helps you like you said, be able to ride the fear that might be coming in your way or the chaos that might be coming because we're all, it's there, it's out there. So I think it gives you an ability to go more in the center, which I want to hear you talk about more in your own center than kind of allowing the fear to be, I always like to say, driving your car. Like it doesn't mean it's not there, but maybe put it in the back seat or be your passenger, not necessarily Mm -hmm. the one behind the wheel. Exactly. So I would love to hear more because I do feel like this is the great equalizer, but where practice comes in and we're kind of, you know, being able to start going within yourself helps is allowing you to ride this in a different way and go to different places because of it. Right. You know, this is definitely an extremely powerful time. And I, uh, you know, I mentioned this early when this all started, that this is the time when the survival of the aware is going to be you know, the highest, the one who's aware will survive through this. Uh, and the one who's been living an unconscious life in any aspect, they are going to feel a lot of challenge. And uh, see, the thing with spirituality is it's like food, you know, you have to eat a little bit every day, you can't eat for seven days, and then hope that it's going to fulfill all the, you know, the mm-hmm. nutrients. And there are people who are suddenly looking for spiritual solutions or you know, meditation practices, which they consciously or unconsciously neglected in the past, but it's, it's trouble, you know, it's troubling for them to kickstart the practice now because the collective anxiety is huge yeah. uh, right now and it, they're feeling it and it's giving them sleepless nights, giving them too much anxiety in the head. It's uh, so one thing, one of the things I want to say to everyone, don't judge your practice be easy with yourself, be compassionate, even five minutes is a good start. And, you know, for me personally, it was a very interesting series of events, how I kind of embraced what was happening or or accepted. There's no escape out of it. I, first of all, like I never thought it's going to hit us this hard, right? In this country, I never expected that. And, uh, uh, my mother was in India. This is like uh, at least a few weeks ago. She was in India that time. Now she's in New York. Uh, and she was scheduled like to be in New York. And I was telling her, you should be in New York, you know, ASAP, because if this thing grows and, and multiplies, I think US is going to handle it very well. So come back <laughs> home. And now she's, she tells me, she's like, your prediction was 
not not <laughs> uh, so uh, i for, on day one I, i i took it as as if it's just you know a, a thing that that will come and go but from second day onward i pretty much started feeling the overwhelming energy the messages were coming in i was reading the news and in the meditation i was feeling that heaviness from all over and i had a headache that one day and the next day and i realized you know the usual meditation i do that may not work for me right now because if it was for just me that would be enough but i can see uh, this is not just uh, going to be about me there are people who are reaching out uh, there were people who 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 were sending me messages can you drop one line like anything just one line and i was sending them voice messages strangers i don't know at all you know i don't even know first name i know their instagram id so i was just sending them messages based on whatever energy i was feeling and they were crying and sending me back messages with tears that thank you this meant a lot i lost my father mother or some family member a few days ago and this is a very tough time for me so i realized there is a huge loneliness out there the suppression of people which they have been hiding for years and years it's going to wake up like a monster now and if i continue to meditate the way i do i'll i'll be drained i'll be exhausted and i'll, I'll not have enough strength for me or for anyone so i started changing my own meditation practice from third day onward i started sitting a little longer i started you know tapping in to the energies the deities that i grew up meditating on because it's almost like you and i are working together but now we are working extra hours you know you join forces so that's what i started to do uh, and it started helping i the headache was gone in two days and i started having more strength for myself and for others and you know i wanted to make sure that i do have at this point enough strength for everyone i didn't want to uh say that no i don't have you know if that's one thing they're expecting from me i should at least have that right uh, so that's where meditation mantras my spiritual practice came in as a huge huge blessing i've been you have no idea how grateful i've been in the past you know few weeks for just the practice that i've been cultivating with my teacher and you know and trying in my own way so it's been powerful time for sure that's incredible what do you feel like for people who don't necessarily have a practice because how can they also take this time to go a little deep and inward even if it's not necessarily meditating right i feel one thing that they should not do first of all they should not avoid the feelings that are showing up mm-hmm. any feeling any darkness anything that they have been told this is wrong this is unwanted this is not how you should be behaving uh, you should not be crying you should not be afraid uh, i was listening to this uh, interview few days ago where a very vulnerable young person asked a huge, like a big spiritual teacher that i'm afraid i'm feeling a lot of anxiety what do i do and the spiritual teacher bashed this young boy for next 15 minutes how how dare you feel the fear right now you got to be strong you got to be out and helping people and he was crying i clearly saw this young boy oh. is having his own traumas waking up his own suppression waking up and uh, this is something i you know and i know there were people who were standing and clapping for that moment because you know they were like oh our teacher is giving us so much strength but that poor boy i i felt for next few days he's going to have sleepless nights because he's being given the label of a afraid fearful you know scared boy so he's going to tap into that even more and that's not good 
And one thing I want to request and recommend to everyone, do not avoid the feelings that are showing up. If it's anger showing up, pain, anxiety, uh, you want to cry, anything that's showing up, give it some outlet, you know, do it with awareness, because if you do it unconsciously, it's, it will multiply, it will come back. Anything that's happening, do it with awareness. Uh, anger is happening, do it with awareness. You know, anxiety is happening, do it with awareness. Express anxiety with awareness. And the fun part is that when awareness steps in, the anger takes a very conscious outlet. Uh, trust me, I have tapped my anger more times than compassion. <laughs> the, the book, the work I do, it's basically I take on that anger and channel it to, to, to the things I do. The videos that you see, the podcast, everything I've been doing, it's really giving a mindful outlet uh, to my anger because you know I'm Leo. I grew, uh, grew up feeling very strong about certain things. And I also realized feeling strong is not enough. And being a social media activist is definitely not enough. You got to really like put some real stuff out there. And the, the one way uh, that, worked for me was giving and a conscious outlet to my feelings, to my expression. And I know many people who are listening this right now, they might be you know, going through periods of anxiety or they're feeling that I've disappointed many people in my life. And uh, maybe I won't have enough time now to prove my love for others. And mind is going to bring up a lot of darkness, a lot of suppression, anxiety. And my suggestion and request is do not bypass it. Do not avoid it talk to it, respect that those feelings that are showing up. A reverence is very important. You know, you cannot change an enemy with anger. You cannot fight darkness with darkness. A certain light is needed. A certain reverence is needed. And you almost have to respect that sadness and that pain that's showing up because it's telling you something is happening within. The pain is not the problem. It's a symptom. It's revealing something very important right now. And this is the time that you sit, you just to breathe in, breathe out. Practice breathing, that's all, for a few minutes. And then ask yourself, what are the feelings showing up in me? And then offer your reverence, offer the gratitude, because it's easy to be grateful for the things that are working in your favor, but so tough for the human mind to be grateful for things that are not working in your favor. But when you shift the perspective, it's my personal experience, Tal, that when you start expressing gratitude for even the things that are not going in your favor, you just multiply your strength. I feel it's almost like universe respects that in you, that this person is expressing gratitude, even though he does not know the grand scheme that I have for this person and she's still respecting it. You know what? I'm going to supply more strength because I like this attitude. That's a lot of trust too, just trusting that, you know, the lessons Huge. coming your way are for a reason. Yeah. Huge trust. It's funny because every morning I've been doing on our Instagram live, I've been doing- I know, 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah, 6 a.m. Join. Um, but I mean, for exactly this reason you're talking about, fists of anger, because it's to give an actual outlet for these emotions, not to pretend they don't exist, to actually like bring them up, honor them, and then let's process them in a physical way also that helps move them and transmute them so they don't sit and go deeper and multiply. But, and I say the same thing every morning. I'm like, let's not pretend we're not feeling these things. You know, everyone's right. feeling it in different ways. It's let's there, but there is so much strength and power. A little bit of what that man was talking about underneath but like, you can't pretend those layers aren't there before you get to that power. It doesn't mean we're not all super strong in there and can rise to the occasion, but you have to honor, like you said, all those 
things that happen in between or on the way. And we got to give it, it exists. It's, it's alive. It's energy. It's there. So you have to find a place, a way to transmute it, change it, redirect it. Like it's an honor it, like you said, honor its existence because it does exist. Absolutely. And you know, lately, this is the collective intention that I'm setting for everyone I'm working with. I go to drug rehab. I still go there once a week and it's a wonderful community. And that's what uh, I've been trying to, you know, remind them. This is the time that you keep cultivating gratitude and trust, because if you want to heal, you've got to trust. And trust is something that, you know, it, it has not come to me easily. I had to work on it. Uh, I, my father used to tell me that, you know, he, because he saw uh, me watching Godfather and a lot of dark Quentin Tarantino stuff. And he's <laughs> like, that's exactly why you don't trust people, you know, watching these dark movies. And uh, now he's happy. He says, now I've seen that the trust has shifted. But the, the, <laughs> the major shift that needed to happen was trusting my own strength, trusting my own awareness. Because what I saw that when I was not trusting others, I was also not trusting my own awareness, not mm-hmm. trusting my own strength. So it both, like they both started working together. When I started to trust my own existence, my own healing, my own awareness. That's exactly when I started trusting, you know, others around me. And trust has its own beautiful journey. It's not that when you start trusting, things are going to change overnight. Uh, You know, we have, we are conditioned to not trust. Our society is designed in a way that you cannot trust anyone, relationships, business. Uh, We are afraid to trust. We are afraid to be vulnerable. But when you start to offer that trust, uh, things start to change. I feel you open the doors to new opportunities, new healings to walk with you uh, when you just put that trust out there. It's It's been a very uh, transformative experience for me to just trust, not trusting anyone, but simply making trust as a state of my awareness, because it opens me up to so many different outlets, so many different melodies, you know, that 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 are wanting to connect with you. When do you feel like you started making that transition for yourself? You know, I feel there are a bunch of moments, but you know, usually like we, we are such an interesting creature. Human mind is so crazy. It, it will not make a change until a big disaster shows up. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, Here we are. <laughs> right. Uh, and this is another disaster that will hopefully wake up a, a lot of, you know, people for me, I think a bunch of, disasters, definitely. Uh, my sister's death, my best friend's death, the, these two were definitely the moments when I realized I need to trust. Uh, otherwise, I'll, I'll not be able to heal myself because I lost trust in everything when she passed away. The biggest mm-hmm. trust I lost was in the spiritual healing, like the, the godly, the idea of God, the idea of healing, the idea of human life. I was like, and I was very young. I was 15 or 16 at that time. And I thought, so everything I knew about healing and God, it's, you know, it didn't turn out to be right. And because I was expecting that God is or divinity is obligated to save her, to like make sure her family is fine. Uh, But that was a very powerful moment. It took many, many years after, you know, her passing for me to cultivate trust as a state of awareness. It's easy said than done. Uh, And when I started trusting, of course, there were many moments I was bruised. I was, I would walk out feeling hurtful and 
and reminding myself I'll not trust again. This is not a good idea because my father is a very open and trusting man. And I know some of the biggest hurtings in his life has come from trusting. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. But I've also seen people are willing to like die for him because they know this is the level of trust he puts in us. So if there are five people hurting him, there are 500 who are willing to do anything. Mm, and I, right. And I'm like, this is powerful. And I realized at that point that, you know, uh, nobody will hurt me this deep and nobody will die for me because I'm not putting that aura, that energy. I'm not opening my heart. So there's nothing to hurt because I'm closed totally. And when I realized that human being, we are designed to live our emotions. We are designed to just taste every bit of that ecstasy that cosmic has you know, put in for us. That's when I slowly, gradually started to put the trust out there. Um, it was not easy. Uh, but as you, you know, I think in my early 20s, uh, there were many conscious exercises, affirmations, like I'll put affirmation in my head every night that I'm going to cultivate gratitude and trust. It was, it wasn't part of my natural personality, uh, but now I'm okay. Now, uh, now I can, I, I yeah, I think it, it's, it comes much easy now. It's so interesting because you said that part of the reason you didn't trust is because you expected, you know, God or spirituality to the expectations to always provide mm -hmm. and like create the miracles or keep you healthy. And so that was an interesting relationship for you to navigate of what does that mean and how do I trust something that doesn't guarantee that? which I think goes back to how we started this conversation of like the good vibes only. Mm -hmm. Like there is that element of it's not good vibes only, but there's a trust that it, it, the divine intervention is what it's meant to be, even if sometimes it doesn't feel great. Absolutely. And, you know, these are the practical moments mm -hmm. when spirituality takes, takes you on a, on a very interesting trip where you, all the theory you have read, all the stuff you have been talking about, it all comes into play. Mm -hmm. Because when all of this started, I realized, you know, this is the reason why in Tantra or in Eastern wisdom traditions, we are trained to embrace all aspects of life, not just the good, not just the bad, not just the dark or light, but every single aspect. And all those teachings, all those lessons really came into you know handy because whenever I open my phone, there's a new news, much more terrible than the news I was reading yesterday. So it, it's getting worse, crazier. Uh, and not my obsession with not, you know, going into good vibes only and my understanding of all vibes, it has been very helpful. And I've been reminding this very consciously, especially now to everyone. Uh, because people are, you know, if you read five bestseller spiritual books, which are which are conditioning you to read, to embrace good vibes only, it's very tough for people to move away from it. I know you and I have a very, you and I share that same thing of like, we're, you and I are, neither of us are big readers of the books that way. Right. Yeah. We share that in common. Because I remember I said, Cody, I'm like, is there something wrong with me? I just can't sit down and read these. You're like, no, it's okay. I know. People are tagging me in challenges. Name your five best spiritual books. I'm like, uh, first of all, stop tagging me in these challenges. And secondly, I, 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 do, I, do not, I do not have like a favorite spiritual book. Honestly, like I don't. Uh, even the books, like I'm looking at the books I have, they're all very ancient Sanskrit books. I, I look into those for certain reference when I need, but there's no book you know, that, that I really like dive into 24 seven. Yeah. 
you know, you were talked about when we were talking about trust, you were mentioning like society has kind of trained us not to trust. So let's talk about kind of the more global idea here, not even global, more spiritual idea at play of where, bringing in what's happening, like the virus and um, how this is a global pandemic and it's clearly sending us into a shift. Let's talk about why we feel like this shift is happening. And part of what I'm getting at with what your comment was about um, society not allowing you to trust, it does, at least from my perspective, and I really want to hear you dive into it more, um, it feels like through time, there's been a major shift. At one point, we did live way more from our hearts versus kind of this fear perspective that takes us out of trust. We used to live in a trusting place that was connected to the elements of the earth, the elements of mother nature, the elements, you know, and you talk about a lot of this a lot of where, you know, the feminine deities and just embracing the divine feminine all were blended as kind of a way of living of civilization. It's just kind of how things moved and operated. And then through time, I'm giving a little bit of history here with, you know, religion coming in and control wanting to happen. Right. Things have shifted. So it feels like we have been in a what seems like for us a very long term, but I'm sure in the blip of like our civilization is actually very small. Right. It, it's been this kind of shift away from connecting to our hearts, connecting to our trust, connecting to mother nature that I think all blend really together, which is what I want you to talk about. And now we've come so far from it and maybe even with a little abuse, not just to the people, but to the land. Huge, yeah huge yeah there's an eruption happening you know of mm. you know it's only a matter of time like i i have read to go back to reading or not reading books but you know you do know of when they talk about if you pull too much from the resources of the land or that kind of 2d you know two-dimensional energetic system it's like when you're pulling too much from it at a certain point it reacts and it reacts whether it be eruptions earthquake viruses all of that and it feels like we're in that period of rebalancing that is, you know, a shift that's being asked on humanity, being asked from the earth. I'm babbling, so you take over. <laughs> no, you know, what you're saying is, it was reminding me of something that uh, I witnessed last year. I've been watching it for a few years, but last year was terrible. So what happened, you know, I've been taking retreats to Himalayas for, I, I don't know, eight years, nine years, and same place we go top of the Himalayan mountain, uh, foothills of the Himalayan mountains. And you know what happened last year? We go to this place to do a ritual, which, which is like 30 minutes away from our, um, our resort where we stay. Last year, it took us three hours one time. And that other time, it took us like five or six hours. And now the most fancy boutique resorts are, you know, buying mountains and building their resorts there. And uh, I joined the official Facebook page of that little town and they requested people not to come for a few months because they were like, it's huge. We have too much traffic now. It's taking us hours and hours to go from point A to B. And I was watching, witnessing, I'm sitting in car and just, you know, waiting that this is taking too long. And the way there are hundreds of people in the mountains, just crushing the mountain and making a road out of it. I, I felt uh, mm. it was scary to have that experience. Do you like, uh, feel it in you? Like I was out I was feeling it so strongly and uh, there, because it was almost like the, the mountains, I grew up there. So almost I feel the, the language of these mountains and the breeze. 
I didn't feel good about it. I, I'm, as I'm telling you, I'm feeling having goosebumps because I feel that energy so strongly. And I told my retreat manager, who's, you know, extended family friend for like 20 years. I told him, I said, you know, in 2020, we're not going to do a retreat. And he said, why? What's wrong? I said, I don't feel good about it. I don't think we, I don't think the Himalayas want us here at least for a while. I don't want to come back for a while. If I, if I come, I'll come for my own meditation. I don't want to have a retreat. Uh, and he was pushing me until December and he called me a few weeks ago. He was like, this is the time when we were supposed to have retreat in February and March. And he said, I'm so glad we didn't schedule it. And I said, you know, I was, and he asked me, he said, was there something spiritually you were, you know, feeling or reading? I said, you know, more than spiritually, if you're a child of the mountains, you'll feel your mother is hurting. You'll feel yeah. she's in pain and it's out of respect for her. I stepped out and I said, I don't, if I can't, heal these mountains, I should not destroy them. I should not bring seven, 10 people, you know, at least 10 people will not be doing their thing on it. Uh, so that was one very interesting moment for me to just see that humans are not respecting the privilege they, that they have to walk on these mountains. It's a huge privilege. And now we are not allowed to walk on these mountains. So people are feeling, you know, that, okay, we are missing out on nature. It's so imagine your mother had to kick you out to to feel uh, to get some breathing space. It's so wrong, right? When a mother has to do that. But they do. I'm a mom. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but but you hug her back in like five minutes of again, course, right? Of <laughs> this, this time I the mother nature, to the mountains. <laughs> right. This time the you know mother Earth is saying I'm giving I'm I want to take a longer break from all of you because you guys have been <laughs> extremely disrespectful. Being bratty. Right. And I was, I remember when I was, uh, I was driving to uh, Mulholland Hills a few weeks ago. This is the first few days of uh, lockdown. And usually there are 10 or 20 cars for people to hike. And that day, and there were, I don't know, 50 or 60 cars, there were cops controlling people. I'm like, this is, this is exactly why we are in this position, in a situation where there's space for five people, 50 people are jumping and just, you know, not respecting the privilege that we all have. And I think this is the time when humans take a pause and, and stop looking at nature as just a random mountain, random piece of land. It's, it's much more than that. And I feel this creation is the creator in itself. You know, this is where the godliness lives. This is the true you know, essence, true definition, true fragrance of the godliness, the cosmic consciousness. You pick a flower, and if you're really sensitive with the flower, you can feel there is some godliness in that one flower. And how brutal it is to destroy that flower for your own fun, right? I mean, and we are just paying for our, our own karma right now. It's uh, And it's still time to, you know, fix it if we learn the lessons. Uh, but let's see how that goes. But that's what's interesting. It does feel like we're paying for our own karma, but we're being given a chance before. Yeah. And look, anyone who does kind of study this stuff or read, I mean, there's been, I mean, multiple civilizations have come and gone if they haven't learned the lessons or haven't figured exactly. out. So I, I, again, it's like sometimes we really pay attention to history and then sometimes we don't. It's interesting when we turn a blind eye. So what do you feel like, and, and I know you're kind of talking about it now, what do you feel like we're being called upon in this moment to do? I feel we are called upon to do many things. One of them is the reverence for mother nature. 
reverence for your existence. Secondly, you know, if you are not respecting your existence, uh, then, you know, uh, you can respect everything around you. And thirdly, letting go of the ego trips that we go through, right? Like little grudges, little resentments we're holding against each other. I mean, imagine like right now, I hope no one is thinking about a certain revenge plan that they have been creating against someone for last, you know, 12 years. <laughs> because though we, we are trained to live and love through the mind. And whenever we do anything with mind, you know, we go back to the past or the future. We are never here in the present moment. And nature is reminding us that you've got to be in the present moment. Let go of the need to control. Let go of the need to dig every like you know ground out there. Uh, let let people have their breathing spaces. Let nature has its own breathing space. I'll tell you one thing that happened again in the Himalayas uh, a few years ago. I was sitting in this tiny village, and uh, that village has lions and tigers and crazy like beautiful animals. And they come out and they go. They never eat the villagers. Villagers never bother them. It's such a perfect blend of humans and animals, you know, existing in harmony. And uh, I saw an uh, article in a very mainstream magazine a few weeks ago. I, thought I should have taken the snapshot. It was about this particular village in India where the animals and humans live together. It was, I think, part of South of India, maybe. But anyway, that I was talking to this local villager and he said, and I, I asked him, I said, you know, you live so closely with animals. And they, they love nature, they play with nature, they never destroy it, but they're almost playing with it every day. But what's the big lesson that you have like learned by watching animals and nature so closely? And he said, animal, animals never stock up for the next meal. You know, they'll kill the, they, they have the power, a lion has the power to kill so many animals and stock up for the next three meals but he'll never do it. He'll only kill for the meal that you know he needs in that moment. And he said, human being is the only creature which will stock up for not just a day, a week, a month, not the, just the food, but the feelings, the wealth, the material possession, they'll stock up for next seven generations. And he said, that's exactly why we go wrong, where we go wrong. You know, you have the potential to you know build your wealth to build your success to build to have the food and security on the table but imagine if you become obsessed with it and start stocking up for next generations and generations he said that you will go mad you will go crazy you will lose the essence of your existence and uh, and i i saw that with the food i clearly saw i mean we all need to stock up food but imagine if i'm stocking stuff for next 3 years just uh, and I feel that's where anyone will go crazy. And that's why human being has been going crazy. You know, mentally, we are losing control of who we are. Hey, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to remind you guys on April 25th, Sean Jurish has a workshop with us. It is virtual, so anybody can tune in anytime, anywhere. Um, it's cultivating courage and calmness. I mean, nobody can do that better than Sean Jurish, so please tune in. Again, if you can't make the time, don't worry about it. There will be a replay. So go to denanywhere.com or denmeditation.com to reserve your spot. Also, if you haven't figured out yet, we do have virtual classes, so anyone anywhere around the world can actually be taking our classes. We have eight plus a day on Den anywhere.com. Please join us for $29.99 only. You get unlimited access for the month. Plus the classes will be archived. So you can always go back and do them whenever it works for you time-wise. Um, check it out, denanywhere.com, our live stream classes. Thanks guys. Well, it's interesting off of like the hoarding that you're talking about and the stocking up, it does feel like it became a very acute metaphor of what we've been doing 
mm-hmm. as a civilization, like what you were just saying. It's like right. it also became man on man, but we've been doing that in general, just with the idea of mine, yours, you stay over there, I stay over here, we're the most wealthy. You're like, it feels like we've been doing that anyway. Like this is my oil field. This is, and this just became as like you were just saying the fear of what's happening. Um, making people react. It's like all of a sudden we took something that was happening a little bit more globally and made it very personal. Absolutely. And I feel as long as human being is, you know, going to live in this divided world that you are, you know, there's Indian, there's American, there's Italian, there's Mexican, whenever the divisions are going to be there in the name of religion, skin color, belief systems, we are never ever going to have peace. We are not going to have a, you know, that collective compassion it cannot be if i if i see others as others that they are strangers it's i'm never going to have compassion for them i'm always going to feel oh i feel sad for them but yeah i i got instagram live to do right i mean you have like a quick feeling of compassion then you start to move on to do your thing but if you when you know it's happening to your blood family it's happening to one of your own. Then we have we are in pain for a while. Why? Because there's more attachment, more compassion. Uh, and the reason, if I'm not having compassion for someone in in Italy, that means maybe I'm not able to understand that my existence is not just this body. I am part of this universe, uni plus verse. You know, we are all part of this one verse, one melody. And the entire science of meditation is based on this one mantra. You know, there's a mantra. Uh, in, in Tantra traditions, Aham Brahmasmi, which means I am uh, extension of the universe and universe is extension of me. Uh, and when you really start to live this mantra, it's impossible to hate anyone. It's impossible to, you know, like not trust anyone. This, these are the kind of mantras that help me to build trust because I realize that's exactly why the Buddhas and the Gurus and the monks, they don't have hate for anyone. You know, they, they never hated anyone. They, they had lessons for people, but they never hated. They never, you know, mistrusted anyone coming to them. I mean, and interesting enough, since this is so global, do you feel like in your heart of hearts that we can rise to that occasion and kind of start learning to see it not as the other or see it more as one and unification or... And do you feel like that's something we're being called upon to try and do? Like, this is one of the reasons this is here? I feel if we stop following blind, you know, nationalism, blind patriotism, then we could probably think on a bigger picture. Because I know of some people who are compassionate, who are wise and understanding, but they are so stuck in that rigid, one-dimensional political mentality or religious mentality that, yeah, my religion people are are mine, but they are able to extend their, you know, aura, but only within their own religion yeah. <laughs> or within their, you know, home country. Right. But, and that's, uh, you know, we have always been, we, have, we are given the strength to expand. That's, human being is the only creature which is born with an ordinary energy ordinary body but they can die as buddha consciousness we are the only ones a dog and cat as much as we love them but you know their aura expands to a certain level i mean they are born with expanded aura to begin with so they they remain in that aura that compassion that love but human being they could be born in in a family of gangsters and criminals and you know die as the biggest monk and and saint 
uh, you know, out there because we have that ability to transform, to evolve our consciousness. So strength is there, but are we willing to see beyond political boundaries, religious boundaries? Are we willing to go beyond belief systems? You must have seen, you could hit someone physically and let it go, but try hitting someone's belief system, try touching someone's belief system, they'll never forgive you. That's the level of like attachment and toxic relationship we have with our belief system. So that's what needs to be changed. Because if a doctor says, I'm only going to fix the person who's, who belongs to my skin color and religion, will will be you know dying out there. But right, that's, that's why this is the beauty of human consciousness. It's not limited in, in one form, one color, one body shape. It's, it's all inclusive. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting because it's like we are given this chance by not living your day-to-day the same way. I mean, we're literally all, everyone globally pretty much is being told you cannot live your day-to-day the way you did yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's allowing you the chance to create a new structure for yourself, to get rid of that paradigm, to get rid of, like try and challenge that belief system because you're not in that same day-to-day that supports that belief system. So it's almost giving you this like clean runway if you have the strength to take it apart, but I mean, it's hard. It is. It's asking, you know, a building to like lose its foundation and trust that it's not going to crumble and fall. So it, exactly. it is asking a lot of people. So how do you give people that courage to try and go there? I feel right now people need, and this is for everyone who has never meditated, you know, mm-hmm. especially for someone who has never meditated, because I think they'll have the first taste of this ecstasy. Uh, and my recommendation has been to understand your existence beyond this body, beyond the thoughts and emotions that are running in you. Because if I feel this body, this physical existence is my entire existence, then obviously I'm going to go through huge pain, panic, anxiety right now, because I'm going to feel very vulnerable that this is the only form of existence I have and there's nothing beyond it. And it's going to give me sleepless nights. But imagine when you know that this physical body is a form is, is an extension of your ex, of your complete existence but you are a consciousness you are, have a body but you are a consciousness you know my hand is doing this work but i'm not my hand i have this hand right that's the you have to expand your perspective you have to start witnessing your existence beyond the roles you are playing beyond the body you have and beyond the emotions and thoughts that are running within you right now. And one of the meditation practices that anyone can do is, who am I? Just watching your existence. Who am I? And the mind will give you all the, all the labels, all the roles that you're playing. You know, the husband, the wife, sister, brother, daughter, son. All the labels will show up. The good and the bad labels, the unwanted memories, the, the you know, pleasant memories. Everything will show up. But you have to remain calm. And keep asking this question, who am I? And again and again, who am I? Because eventually the mind will shut down because mind only has a bunch of labels to give you. Eventually the mind will shut down and the question will fade away because you will start to have an experience of who you really are. Um, And when you really know your existence, when you really know who you are, that's when the fear, the panic, the ability, the the fear of not opening your heart, it all starts to melt away. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. It's when people, 
it's almost like you'll have the strength to let go of the structure when you realize the structure is really non-existent in the first place. Exactly. You know, I feel that's where uh, we have gone a little wrong. I've never been a fan of structured life. You know, I've never <laughs> followed structures. <laughs> You know, because the most beautiful things in our life, they are not, they have not come with a structure. Love is not supposed to be structured. Uh, emotions, meditation, spirituality, godliness, consciousness, they are never meant to be structured and confined to one rigid, you know, pathway. But when we start to structure these things, you know, we divide the lands and geography, we divide the, the religion, the belief system. We all try to put them in a structured way with the hope that it will discipline mankind but it brings out the worst in mankind, you know, because then we start to have monopoly. We start to, you know, put hierarchy that this is the higher form of religion, a higher belief system than your belief system. And if we need to witness our existence beyond these boundaries, and I, I don't say that you go out and try changing everyone, just change yourself and you can lead with example because that's, I'm sure you're watching, you know, you, you witness this a lot that we don't fix ourselves. We don't like go deeper within, but we start going out quickly. Mm -hmm. We'll learn one page and we'll make seven, you know, uh, YouTube videos on it. Uh, <laughs> but we never implement those lessons within our own being. It's tough to train yourself. It's tough to evolve your own consciousness. That's why we, quickly go out and do the thing, but it's time to go within, you know, because after that, when you go out, you'll have a different impact, but go within as much as you can. Can we talk about the idea of, you know, I was mentioning kind of the 2D, you know, vibrational world that which affects us who are in 3D, but the 4D is the collective consciousness, you know, which also goes back to what you were saying earlier about humanity's kind of led us to a distrust, which is what happens is we've been using this 4D sometimes for not the best. You know, that's what where advertising comes from, that like praise on this like collective consciousness of fear or lack of. So we've only been kind of as a society supporting the things that are actually kind of go against who Mother Nature is in its natural in her natural form. Right. Can you talk about how going within even though it may seem so small to some people, how the impact as far as how it affects that collective consciousness and affects that 4D world, which has been kind of taken over by other people versus ourselves and our heart, how we can actually have that effect, which ultimately will have a huge, you know, change on our civilization. Right. I mean, you know, we are energy beings, right? We are physical beings, but more than that, we are energy beings. The body will keep changing forms, but the energy will always be here. And our energies impact each other in so many powerful ways. I mean, this is the reason why, you know, one person who supposedly, ha you know, had a bad soup in China and the rest of the world is going through the effects. That's how the energy affects. One person could be thinking an angry thought in, you know, Sri Lanka, and someone in Italy will feel the anger because that energy transfers from one person to another. There are so many scientific experiments. One of the websites is Gallup. Gallup does a lot of surveys. And they have, along with Gallup, there are many other amazing research websites which have proven again and again that you could be having a happy thought here and you could be making someone happy like hundreds of miles away because a friend of a friend, you know, happy friend of a friend will keep transmitting that happiness. That's how the happiness and also the frustration builds up. 
uh, unfortunately, the hate and anger builds up faster because people, the mind loves the drama, mind loves the divisions. It's, that's how it is trained. Uh, but we need to rewire. This is the time to revisit how you see your existence, but also the time how you define your strength. It's time to redefine your strength. This is not the time to have a strength that is loud and aggressive. This is the time to have a strength which is much more grounded, which is much more rooted within you. You know, it's like the strength of mother nature. You know, a very tender seed is planted in the soil. The soil is so soft and very softly, gradually the flower blooms out of it. It's very soft strength, but the power of it is so you know amazing. Water is so soft, but imagine it can crack mountains. It can you know travel in all directions. That's the kind of strength we all need to cultivate now. I have never you know I had never been fan of this kind of strength because growing up you know watching a certain definition of masculine in the society, in the movies, in the newspapers, I clearly thought that's not you know uh, that's the only way to define strength of a masculine. But having introduced to Tantra, the divine feminine, and I remember my father one day told me that I know you're not able to go beyond uh, a certain state in meditation because you're too stuck in your definition of masculine and you need to dive deeper into embracing your divine feminine. And that was a game changer in a way. Again, it took many, many years. And the reasons I, I stayed loyal to this path was because I was feeling the changes. I knew it's making me a different human. My anger is melting away. My creativity is changing. I'm able to express my truth in a way that's not hurting me. It's empowering me. And I'm requesting all those who are listening, write it down. How do you define your strength and then bring the elements of divine feminine. And it's for all genders. It's not just for women. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that's so important. Important because I feel like that's part of what's happening here too with Mother Earth is the divine feminine is off balance. It hasn't kind of been into play for a long time and 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 shown its colors the way it needs to. For and individually for most of us, I think for women the divine feminine has been off, and for men especially who also yeah. have it, everyone forgets it's a balance of masculine and feminine in each person, and for men especially it's been off and it's almost like a call for all of us to kind of get re in touch. Right. Absolutely. You know, we had this nine day of Tantra ritual uh, a week ago uh, and it's a nine day of celebrating the sacred feminine. It's such a powerful ritual because every day we honor a new form of divine feminine. And trust me, like when I, when I grew up in India, the ratio of men to women who were practicing these divine feminine uh, rituals, the men were hugely more than women. In mm -hmm. fact, uh, all the teachers that I went through were all men and they were teaching me how to honor and cultivate the divine feminine. Uh, and in the recent, only recently mm -hmm. I've seen, uh, you know, a little balanced stuff happening, but in the Eastern traditions, I've always seen more men. And right now mother nature is clearly looking to revive and rejuvenate and, you know, revisit her own, you know, divine feminine existence, because it's, as you said, it's been off with everyone, men, women, all genders. We are, we have lost touch with that playfulness, with that gentle, tender, but very bold energy. It's time to bring that back for sure. How can people bring it back? You know, meditation is, of course, uh, you know, without uh, any, uh, you know, uh, any 
delay in the process, start the meditation right away and don't worry about the technique. Don't worry about how long you're doing it, but any meditation practice, then you can start with who am I? That's one of the you know easy ways. Uh, if you are interested in doing the mantra, then Soham is such a powerful mantra, S-O-H-A-M. Soham means I am awareness. And I think it's such a gentle, but very powerful mantra to remind yourself that I am more than this body. I am more than the gender, more than the roles I'm playing. And after a certain point in meditation, consciously repeat Soham. That's very, very important. And then you have to, off the meditation cushion, you can do many things. You have to you know, study what are the key elements of divine feminine. And then you bring in those elements. You know, in Tantra, the divine feminine elements are rawness, fierce energy, but also very compassion, a uh, uh, lot of love, a lot of care, a lot of oneness and inclusiveness. So you in, start integrating these practices into your daily you know, energy. Um, also, I would suggest those who are not, not comfortable in just chanting the mantra or embracing these qualities, you could pick an object, an object that's the feminine. It could be a, a flower, red rose, uh, a river, that's, you know, anything that's a feminine element in the nature, you pick that and you start focusing on it in the meditation. Uh, and you will start to have a certain quality of that, you know, flower, that river. I used to do that a lot in my, you know, growing up uh, years and as a teenager or even as in, in my early 20s, I would just meditate on anything. Uh, if that brings me a certain energy I'm looking for, I'll bring in that element and I would start meditating on it. Man, that's so helpful. So what would you tell people just to, before we wrap up, like people who are, have so much fear that like, let's go back to that beginning of the conversation. If that boy was asking you that question, like, what do I do right now? I have so much fear. And look, you and I both know, I mean, there's some people who don't know if they're going to have a job to go back to. They don't know if they're exactly. going to pay the rent, even once they have to pay the rent, they don't know how they're going to eat, where they're going to live. I mean, there's, you know, this virus is nasty. It's giving people a lot to think about. It's not just stay home and ride it out. Now, for some people, that's what it is. And then brings up other issues for them. Um, but for some people, there's a lot of survival elements being challenged right now. And hugely, hugely. And you can't pretend those don't exist. So what would you tell those people who are kind of in the thick of that, just that almost crippling, terrifying fear? You know, if, Specifically, if that boy was asking me the question, I would have definitely given him a hug. And that the message would be for everyone that you all deserve a hug. First of all, you don't deserve a preachy spiritual lesson right now that you're scary boy, you're scared and you are so vulnerable. I wasn't expecting this from you. That This kind of conversation is not helpful. So the couple of things, you know, one could say to the people who are feeling very afraid right now, are feeling very vulnerable one of the thing is it's don't lose touch with your strength you know don't you still have those skills you still have that hard work that physical strength that mental strength no one can take that away from you no pandemic can take, take that away from you so keep reminding yourself that i still have the strength i still have the mental strength the physical strength the emotional strength no one can take that away from me and remind yourself of that number two 
this is the time that you really start meditating on what how can you serve beyond the job that you were doing right how do i serve is one of the questions people can ask in their daily self reflective exercises how do i serve if this job is not here and i'm you know maybe this job will never come back maybe the business is gone now what other skill set do i have because a lot of these people uh, i mean every this is for every human we all have so many skills so many creative outlets but we suppress and hide those creative outlets because we need a you know job security we need a certain 9 to 5 job this is the time that these people who are feeling very vulnerable go back to those skill sets and see if you can start playing with certain things that you avoided or you thought i'll just do it 10 years from today or i'll do it after 15 years not right now you have nothing to lose the the job is not there you have the time start putting down a certain plan that you feel okay maybe if my skill set was you know uh putting a fabric together maybe i can create face mask 100 face masks for like you know people i mean it could be anything but most important key that every person who's going through this period of uncertainty and vulnerability is do not let anyone take away the strength from you do not let anyone tell you that you are not whole you're not enough and you're not going to be you know surviving through this we will survive we always have survived and we will go through this and this shall pass too but you have to cultivate the trust the gratitude and the strength in your own awareness i couldn't agree with that more it's funny you the mantra that i go back to all the time um in kunalini is ong so hung which is the same mm. idea and it's that great yeah. consciousness i am that right i teach it a lot in my classes too for that exact reason it's like and it's all i try and remind people every day is you know the fear is totally acceptable and normal and like there's some really horrible stuff people are having to deal with like i said survival is being challenged for a lot of people mm-hmm. but yeah that remembrance of that steadiness which is beneath you know that you came to this earth with and you will leave with is still there it's just it's Absolutely. just deep under a lot of layers of emotion and again like you started this conversation with like emotions are okay right it's it's okay to have them but just remember that you do have so much strength underneath it all exactly and you know the people who are not in that vulnerable position those who have the privilege the luxury of sitting at home and just you know waiting for it to be over i think these people can step ahead and start supporting the ones who are in the weaker position that's the that's what we call collective compassion for all uh if i'm only thinking about my you know my safety my family my strength that's not enough at this point uh, it's pandemic so the which means global you know disaster so the compassion also has to be on a global level it cannot be confined to just within your you know family By the way that's an amazing exercise alone because you know we talk about compassion a lot everyone does it's but how often are you actually putting into practice like global compassion right probably not often i think you know we say we do but i would say it's probably an easy thing to bring in daily of just really trying to think about how you can serve what can you project that is about more than just you 
Mm-hmm. It's, you know, people, you know, that's always been the thing. We love talking about certain things and, and, but when it comes to practicing it, it's tough for human mind yeah. to go into that. Uh, but these are not the usual times. This is not a drill. This is like real. It's, it's happening. And uh, if you have never, ever uh, thought that you will do something, but this is the time you got to just get out of the comfort zone and start doing it. Well, you alone are so comforting. I'm so excited for your workshop coming up, which is all about this, how to cultivate calmness during COVID-19. You are the perfect person to teach that because, I mean, just your voice alone. I I forget how much I miss it. um, You are incredible. Thank you for having this conversation. Would you you mind doing like a five-minute practice for the Who Am I so people can Uh, Right now, absolutely. I think that'd be amazing um, and just so helpful, just something that people can start doing. Absolutely. Let's do it now. Okay, great. Okay. So those who are listening right now, let's close our eyes. Keep your palms open. Just relax the body. And as you relax the body, Let go of any control, any demands, any expectations that may limit your experience. Just breathe in, breathe out. And allow yourself to be fully aware of the heartbeats. Be fully aware of your breathing. Relax, trust. And just this effortless breathing is fine in this moment. And when you feel ready and comfortable, allow your awareness, allow your stillness to cultivate itself on the heart center. And as your awareness expands on the heart, don't judge your heart. Don't overanalyze what's happening there. And just witness the heartbeats coming and going. Breathe in, breathe out. Witness the heartbeats. Relax into your heart center right now. 
and when you are fully relaxed and comfortable open your heart open your awareness to the question who am i who am i don't feel the need to find a perfect answer to this question but rather just witness all the responses that are unfolding and showing up who am i breathe in breathe out witness who am i and we'll take this moment to place our hands on the heart allow the question to relax into your awareness into your heart center and may you continue to arrive at the right answers right reflections every day in every way possible when you feel ready and comfortable offer your gratitude to all the known and the unknown forces supporting you and bringing you strength every day and take this moment to acknowledge your strength your awareness through this time and remind yourself this shall pass too and keep cultivating this trust every day and when you're ready you may open your eyes all right thank you thank you for doing this beautiful um thank you i appreciate you so much and everything me too me too tal <laughs> love you i love you Tentox podcast would 
not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielik, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks Podcast, and join us there. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.